once again, fans, and welcome to another edition of the CIC Cast. Very happy to have you along with us today for what should be a very exciting episode. Really excited about this one. Sometimes, you know, I say I'm excited, but, uh, you know, a little bit of a, of a misnomer this time. We've got some great guests to uh, to talk about things here. We're we're really heading into the stretch run of the spring sports season, so we're very excited to uh, to really start diving in on some of the sports that we haven't chatted about much here on the CIAC cast in the spring. So we've got uh, three great guests with us: Nick Green from the Hartford Current is going to talk a little bit about boys volleyball; Sean Krofsik from the American Record Journal going to be chatting about softball; and then Mike Sportini of Laxworm Radio and Laxworm.com. We'll talk a little boys lacrosse, so lots of good things covered in this week's edition. But uh, before we get into our guests and a few other items of note, want to, uh, as always, pass along the reminder from our friends at the Connecticut Department of Transportation. You know, we uh, hope that you're listening to this uh, podcast in a variety of places. Many of you may be checking it out when you're in the car, but want to make sure that you just press play on your uh, your device, your mobile device, and then just put the phone away, as uh, we certainly don't want any distracted driving going on. the, the folks at the Department of Transportation say sending or receiving a text takes a driver's eyes from the road for an average of 4.6 seconds, which driving at 55 miles per hour, that's the equivalent of traveling the length of an entire football field blind. So please do not text and drive or drive distracted and encourage your friends and family to park the phone when they are behind the wheel. So we certainly uh, encourage that message. And as I said, we would love to have you listen to the podcast. We hope that you'll, uh, you'll listen to it wherever you might be. But if you're in the car, press play, put the phone away, and uh, and move on. So be safe out there, and we certainly uh, appreciate the support of our friends from the Connecticut Department of Transportation. So lots to get to. Two first-time guests this week, as I mentioned. Some great discussion about some spring sports. But before we do that, let's get into our regular feature, of course, things you might have missed on CICsports.com. Got a few items of note on CICsports.com that you may want to check out. Recent story that uh, was posted yesterday um, about the Joel Barlow boys volleyball team and their bounce back season, the the success that they're having in in the Class M season this year. Also an interesting story about the second annual first robotics competition, which will take place this weekend. Really a cool uh, competition there if you're into that sort of thing, into some really just amazing students and some of the things that they've been able to put together. So encourage folks to check that out this weekend. I believe we're going to be trying to stream that live on the NFHS network, so you can uh, can check that out coming up in the uh, in the this weekend. So keep an eye on that, as, uh, as well as a new story from Max Preps on the Fairfield Prep boys baseball team, uh, which has sort of joined the, the run of success that that program has had, uh, that that school has had, and has now sort of joined in with all the other teams that have been uh, uh, enjoying success there. Now the baseball team is in the mix and off to a great start this season with just a few weeks left in the regular season. And speaking of that, I always encourage folks to check out the Tournament Central page on CIACsports.com. Link's just on the right side of the homepage. You go there, it's got all of the updated rankings. You can get a sense for where your favorite team fits into the postseason picture, whether they've still got games to win, where they might be seated as tournament time approaches. So lots of good stuff there along with schedules. Uh, We've got all the dates and tournament packets for all of the spring sports. Lots of good information there at Tournament Central, so be sure to check all of that out. It is 
overflowing with information uh, at tournamentcentralcicsports.com. So those are just a few things you might have missed, a few uh, tidbits here and there. As I mentioned also, we've been posting uh, committee reports for uh, our various sports teams as they uh, hold their sport committee meetings, so you may want to check that out. We've got one from the soccer committee, a few things that they went over recently. Uh, we should have one up for uh, swimming, in girls swimming in, in the coming days, uh, gymnastics, wrestling, all sorts of interesting things if you're curious what the, the goings on are with those uh, those sport committees. So encourage fans to check that out as well. So that's a few of the things you might have missed. And as always, we encourage you to uh, sign up and check us out on Twitter at CIAC Sports is the Twitter handle there and on Facebook, facebook.com slash CIAC Sports. And as always, you can also email us here at the CIAC Cast. Email to CIACcast at CASCIAC.org. And we can, uh, you can chat. Let us know if there's things you'd like us to talk about, interesting people, interesting stories, anything you want to share with us here at the CIAC Cast. So very excited, as I said, to get into our guests for this week. We're going to start things off. Nick Green of the Hartford Current talking a little boys volleyball. We are on the phone now with Nick Green of the Hartford Current, who among his uh, his many duties in the spring season is keeping tabs on the boys' volleyball beat. So we uh, join him now to talk a little bit about that. Nick, thanks for uh, for being with us again. Uh, thank you very much for having me back. I appreciate it. All right, let's uh, let's dive into some boys' volleyball here. Uh, I know it's been a, a busy spring for you, and uh, you know a lot of the teams sort of near the top of the current CIAC postseason rankings. Uh, are from your coverage area. So from sort of uh, from what you've been hearing and, and what you've uh, been talking to folks about, what are the teams that have sort of stood out to you as the most impressive so far this year? Right. Um, you know, right off the bat, um, Class class M, Newington up there right up at 14-1 uh, and one right now. They've really been impressive. Newington is one of these teams that is right on the, the dividing line of Class L, Class M. So mm-hmm. they were, won a Class M title two years ago. Last year went to Class L. You know, went 13 and seven, and now are, are back in Class M. And really, since the beginning of the year, um, Coach Burns has, has sort of talked about this team having you know championship aspirations, and, and they really haven't disappointed in that regard. Yeah. Um, you know, then a team like Xavier and Class L, while they're struggling a little bit recently, they've lost three straight. Um, they have a lot of depth, more so depth than they've had in the previous years. Um, but, you know, really in Class L, for, from where we look, Summington, Cheshire, and Glastonbury, East Hartford even, are, are the three, four big ones. Um, they've all been impressive. But so far, to, to answer your question, the most impressive to me has been Newington. They seem to have handled any challenge that has come their way thus far. Yeah. And you mentioned, you sort of, it seems like looking at the, you know, the kind of the teams in your area, and obviously there are always some, some strong teams down in the, in the Fairfield County region as well. Oh, so I'm yeah. sure we'll be, uh, we'll be in the mix once we, uh, we get into the, the postseason. And I know those aren't teams that you really see during the regular season, but, uh, it seems like, you know, that, that group of, of sort of CCC schools, uh, and, uh, and sort of from that area, you know, kind of beat each other up a little bit. So you sort of see that Newington, Glastonbury, right. Cheshire, Southington crew, and, and they're, they're not quite in your area. Oxford as well, the defending uh, Class M champs. How do you sort of, how would you kind of rate those or, or rank those, that group, as they've all sort of taken matches from each other a little bit uh, as you look at their results? Right. Um, you know, looking at, again, Newington has sort of handled everything that has come their way. So I, I would have to put them at the top or if not the top, um, Newington's only loss came to Cheshire. Cheshire has had, um, 
some, you know, big, big wins this year already. They only have lost, like you said, everyone just sort of kind of pilfers off each other. Yeah. You know, Newington beat Cheshire, Cheshire beat Newington. Oxford, again, like you said, I don't cover them, but they're right there in that mix too. They, again, have only lost to Cheshire after beating Cheshire one time. Um, so, I mean, I put Newington and Cheshire and Oxford. I think those three to me sort of stand out the most. Um, those would be the top tier of that group. Then you look at Southington and Glastonbury, and even in East Hartford, which has been a, a nice story this year. It's sort of mm-hmm. in that second top tier of, of those teams. But, but for me, and what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing, I think it's Newington, Cheshire, and Oxford would sort of be the, the top three of that of that class that you're talking about. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, certainly, uh, I know that the postseason tournaments and then the, the CIAC tournaments are going to be real interesting as some of these teams get kind of a third crack at each other, uh, and they have kind of yeah, you know, a, split a few of these regular season meetings. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that Newington and Oxford don't play in the regular season this year because I think that would have been a really good regular season matchup. Uh, but hopefully, that's, you know, hopefully we get sort of the matchup that everyone wants once the postseason rolls around and we see that in Class M because those those two clearly have sort of separated themselves. And, and in Class L, there's just so many strong teams that you're right. I mean, it's just, you know, you're going to see some teams for three times, maybe even four times um, by the time the year's over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, you mentioned uh, Xavier uh, as a team that, you know, has a lot of, a lot of talent, maybe struggling a little bit recently. Are there sort of any, you know, teams maybe kind of the opposite of that that have been, you know, maybe a little disappointing in terms of their regular season success, but might be rounding into form as, you know, we kind of head right. towards the stretch run here? Um, you know, two teams that I, I've sort of written about recently and talked about recently, um, one would be South Windsor. Um, South Windsor, you know, they've hovered right around 500, um, but they have some kids and, and a new coach there who, who seems like they could maybe put together a run. I know that they're really sort of eyeing, you know, getting – maybe and it might not happen this year for them, but they want to sort of, you know, become more than a one-and-done team in, in mm-hmm. the uh, postseason. That's where they've been. So they, they've been improving this year. Um, a team like Hall, you know, I, I hope Hall can get in. They, they've sort of struggled here recently. Um, but they've been had a lot of injuries um, and a lot of kids away from, you know, spring vacations and, and band trips and stuff like that. But they finally have gotten a uh, – they've finally gotten their lineup and rotations down in the last week or so, and they've, they've started to look a little bit better. Um, those two teams sort of stand out to me. Like I said, Xavier – um, while they've struggled recently, they do have a ton ton of depth and you know, one of the best setters in the state. Uh, Farmington, Farmington as well, they, they've been really strong. And, and again, as you mentioned, all these schools in, down in the Fairfield area, you know, the, the Darians, um, a team like Wilkett Tech, um, those, those have been other impressive teams that maybe have gotten some of their recognition throughout the year, but I think those teams are, are coming into form and those will be teams that you know, they'll be reckoned with. You'll you'll hear a lot from them once the uh, once the postseason arrives. Yeah, absolutely. Any uh, and and sort of the this I, I ask this question of anyone, everyone, just because I'm kind of curious. But any sort of surprising teams or, or results that stand out to you this year? Maybe either a, a, you know in the positive column or in the the negative column teams that maybe you were thought might have a little better year that have been struggling. Either any uh, any surprises really that jump out at you? You know, one of the teams. Um, that I talked about a little bit in the beginning of the year. I, I don't know if it's necessarily a surprise. Weathersfield had some, had some really good returning hitters, really good size coming back. Um, you know, they have outside hitters at 6'1", 6'3", middle hitters at 6'5", 6'3". Mm-hmm. Uh, so they had a lot of size. Um, what, what their season was sort of hinging on um, was a young setter, a, a first-year sophomore setter. I sure. thought that maybe – 
they would uh, that they would start slow and then put it together. Um, they they haven't, and I think maybe that's expected. But I, I kind of hope that they'd be able to put it together a little bit. Um, again, you know, I, I keep going back to Millington. and I, I I just think that they have been the most impressive just in the sense that they've handled everything that's come their way, and I think that has been impressive in its own right. Um, um, again, East Hartford has been another one that you didn't, I didn't hear a lot about coming into the year. And they have a uh, they have a great junior outside hitter who just transferred from Puerto Rico who's really who's really established himself. I believe he leads the uh, leads he leads the state according to Max Preps here. Uh, Gilbert Figueroa and kills with 250 kills and wow. um, you know 42 sets played. So he's been he's been a fun story for East Hartford. And East Hartford's got a nice nine and five record. So they're uh, they are doing well as well. All right, so uh, we'll we'll kind of wrap it up now with uh, just sort of final question. Any kind of interesting uh, interesting stories or, or or tidbits you've collected along the uh, the year that uh, that you think would uh, be interesting for people to know? Sort of what uh, what's uh, stood out to you as you've been covering this this year? Right. Maybe things we haven't hit on yet. Um, uh, one that I just mentioned, you know, Gilbert Figueroa from East Hartford, a, a junior who's come over. Um, from Puerto Rico, I mean that that always interests me. You know, someone coming from so far and, yeah. and having such success, I think that's really cool. There is um, a young man on Xavier named uh, Carl Strom. He's a senior. Um, you know, he, he's I wouldn't call him a superstar by any means in the sport, but he overcame um, a stroke and has returned two years later to play basketball and volleyball this year. I, mean, I think those are. Those are some pretty incredible stories. Just some personal kids who who've done a lot in terms of overcoming, and uh, you know that's what makes high school sports fun for me. Is the little stories like that, a kid who comes from far away or overcomes something and has done. So, so those those two things particularly for me, those two guys have sort of stood out for me. Yeah. a role for just coming over and and really being a force in the state, and then Sturm for just overcoming so much that I think not many people would would have yeah. been able to or had the, the will to. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great story, and uh, certainly uh, certainly reason to pull for him as uh, as as we head into the uh, the stretch run here of the regular season, and then into the uh, the post the the conference tournaments, and then the uh, the CIC tournament. So, Nick Green, yeah. you uh, you're a busy man in the spring. You also cover the the boys and girls lacrosse beats for the Hartford Current. So, a busy man, and we uh, appreciate you carving out a little time to talk some boys volleyball with us. Thanks, Joel. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure as always. Very much enjoyed that chat with Nick Green of The Current, covering a little boys volleyball. So a lot of, uh, certainly an interesting sport and a lot of parody in uh, in that sport this year, as we mentioned, and uh, really looking forward to that postseason tournament coming up in a couple of weeks. We shift gears now onto the softball diamond, where uh, a number of good teams are residing in sort of the uh, the Meriden Record Journal coverage area, and that's why we're going to reach out to uh, someone very familiar with those some of those programs that are enjoying strong campaigns in 2014. On the phone now with Sean Krofstick from the Meriden Record Journal, one of the, the fine platoon of uh, sports writers that cover uh, the local scene there uh, for the Record Journal, and uh, we're happy to have him with us for the first time on the podcast. Sean, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joel. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Looking forward to a, a good conversation about softball, a sport we haven't uh, haven't been able to hit on yet on the CIAC cast. And uh, one of the teams in your area has, has sort of been the big story, or one of the big stories on the season. So wanted to start there. Uh, 
you know, the dominance of the Southington team after they've uh, they won the, the double L title last season and then are off to a tremendous start this year uh, has, has been a big story. What have you seen from them uh, in covering them uh, this year that makes them so strong and, and sort of a, a secondary part of that? Uh, if, do you sort of see any cracks in the armor that might make them vulnerable as the as the season goes on for those teams uh, that want to, you know, dethrone them in, uh, in double L? Yeah, well, this, this Southington team had had a lot some changes in the off season with a new coach and a new battery. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of surprising. Uh, it, it's strange to say that for a Southington team, you know, with state titles. Yeah. But it's 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 kind of surprising how well they've done, and it may may even be better this year than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're they're, they're um. But they have a brand new coach, Davina Hernandez, who uh, took over for John Boris, and she's um, brought a new aggressive style uh, to, that Southington hasn't seen. Uh, they, they almost have 100 stolen bases this year, and they've only, they only had about 46 or 48 last year. Wow. Uh, yeah. So in addition to their their, their uh, power that they usually have, uh, they, they have this aggression on the bases that's been – um, difficult for for opponents to deal with all year, um, and, and if you throw in with the, the new pitcher they have this year, Kendra Frey, who's who's waited uh, two years in the wings uh, behind Jordan Moquin, and she is one of the fastest throwers in the state. She throws about sixty to sixty eight miles an hour, and she's been difficult for teams to solve this year. Um, so. And, and her catcher, Rachel Doobie, has also stepped in for, for Rachel Harvey last year, who went on to uh, the University of Maine, mm-hmm. and she's stepped in just as well. And uh, it's it's pretty impressive what this team has done this year, 13-0. and um, They've outscored their opponents 158-6. to Sure. And... <laughs> <laughs> which is which is pretty impressive. Yeah. But when you when you notice you mentioned possible problems with this team, it's, it's the same questions we asked last year. It's this conference that they're in. They've outscored their conference, uh, the CCC West. Um, I think I think they've held them just to two runs all year. Sure. So that, that's the thing. The competition. Once they get into once you get down to Deluca Field, anything can happen down there, and that's that's what this team's all about, making that final four like always. And um, you know, once the once they they face a difficult competition, it's going to be um, you know something maybe they haven't seen as much as other teams have throughout the state. Yeah, no, that certainly uh, certainly could prove a, an interesting test. And as uh, as I'm sure you know, covering the sport and uh, and fans know it, it, there's often a slim margin for error. Uh, you know, when you get into those uh, those later rounds, and everybody's uh, bringing strong pitching to the to the forefront as well. So, will be uh, will be interesting to see how they uh, progress as the season goes forward. No question, no question. Yeah, they they've had a couple of tests this year with with Maloney. They had a two nothing win over them, and they. They uh, uh, beat Bristol Eastern one nothing, um, but I haven't seen the Fairfield County schools. I know they're ranked very high mm-hmm. uh, in, in the class double L's. So it's yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, you know who ends up down there. Yeah, um, I know one of their biggest competitions could be right down Route 10. Uh, Cheshire, they're, they're off to a great start this year. Um, they'll be playing tonight for. Uh, 
they'll play Amity tonight in Orange for what will end up being the SEC Hoosie game. So um, the Jesuits had a, had a great year. Yeah, absolutely. So that uh, that leads me in a little bit to my next question. What are you know? Obviously, I, I know you've uh, you're very familiar with that Southington team. What are a few other teams, either you know from within your region or or teams that uh, maybe have have faced some of the teams in your region that uh, that have been interesting to you or that you feel could be uh, contenders once the uh, the tournament gets underway? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll start with that Rams team. They're they're ten and three with a with a new coach as well. Um, Christine Trust is has done it, you know, she's filled in very well, and um, uh, she has a junior pitcher, Mackenzie Juditis, who stepped in great, and to go along with a, with a strong um, offense, that starts with their leadoff hitter, Brianna McIntosh, who's their, mm-hmm. their best hitter, and a dynamic shortstop. This this area of the state is blessed with some great shortstops. Southington has Sidney Ferrante, who's going to go on to play in college, and she's hitting 578. Brianna McIntosh is probably pretty close to that. She she plays a great shortstop, so um, that's that's definitely going to be a, a big time team to contend with, um, as well as uh, Maloney, um, who has a great shortstop of her own, uh, Ariel Vergolto, who's um, who had five stolen bases against Platt yesterday uh, in a six-two win, but she's she's been thirty-five for thirty-six stealing this year. Wow, and she yeah she's hitting six thirty eight, and she's she's a she's their leadoff hitter as well. She's very difficult uh, to get out when she gets on base. So and they have um, Maloney has made deep runs in in the past, uh, I would say decade, you know, and they're still seeking that first state title. And it's who knows they have a young sophomore pitcher that stepped in nicely, Paige Mickens Julius, who's uh, Played very well for the for the Spartans. She stepped in nicely, so that that's a team to look for down the road as well. Yeah, um, and, and also in the, the SEC, uh, Sheehan um, is one other team I'm familiar with. Um, Missy Pereira has been one of the top pitchers in the SEC, and uh, she, she has uh, um, the, the Titans. You know, contending for for an SEC uh, Hoosie championship. Right. Yeah, yeah. lots of uh, lots of good stuff. You you certainly, uh, as you said, have uh, have been blessed this year, uh, in particular, with some uh, some exciting teams to uh, to keep tabs on. Um, I know you t- you hit on this as well a little bit with Southington, which you know their their success this year comes as a little bit of a, of a surprise. But has there have there been any other teams that have sort of surprised you? Uh, even with their, you know, either with their success or maybe with their struggles this year. Um, well, one one team that's um, surprising, for at least for my area, is, is uh, Platt. They they've got, they got, they've really offensively done well, um, better than they better than any of Platt teams we've seen um, in the recent years. So, although you know their pitching is very young, they've been able to really hang with teams in the past where they've struggled. So, um, like, below the Maloney game yesterday they played against them, they were, they were with them the whole game, and uh, offensively, uh, that team's improved. They're, they're, they're one surprise for me, that's for sure. Gotcha. Well, um, what about just, you know, and, and again, you've hit, uh, you've talked to about a few of those folks, who are some of the, the players that you've seen this year that have most impressed you on the uh, the softball diamond? Oh, 
we yeah, like you said, we're lucky to see a lot of great players. Um, um, in, in Covington, like a, the shortstop Sydney Ferrante, she's a she has power and speed, and she's she's a four year starter for them, and she's hitting five seventy eight. 30 RBIs and 45 at bats. She's a very special player to watch, that's mm-hmm. for sure. They also have a lead-off lead off hitter um, that's, that's uh, I think she's hitting close to 600 as well, Caitlin Patterson. And they're up and down that roster. They're getting Division One looks. Um, and, and they, yeah, Vergoso from, from um, Malone, he's been a dominant player yeah. as well. And um, in addition to Bree McIntosh and Texture, also they have a, a very powerful hitter, Alexa DeLeo, who's done very well. Uh, she's, she's been a rock in the middle of that lineup. Um, and Michaela uh, Daddio in uh, Sheen from Sheen's also been been a, a potent player. And then uh, out of those, and then another girl from Lyman Hall, um, Sophomore Morgan Shira, she's hitting 405, the right fielder. So for only sophomore, she's she's been their best player, and uh, Platt has had some some strong players. A, a transfer from Lyman Hall, uh, Tori Lillard, uh, she's played a great third base for them, and she's hitting close to 500. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there's no shortage of great players, at least you know. Um, throughout the state, you know, yeah. but, uh, but in our, our little area here, we're, uh, we see great softball day in and day out. That's for sure. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's quite a list that, uh, of yeah. folks that, uh, that fans can check out. Sort of last yeah. question, any, uh, you know, thinking back on the year, any particular games or moments that stand out to you, uh, in terms of kind of things that you're going to remember from this year. And, uh, along with that, any, games still left on the schedules that 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 really jump out as ones that uh you're, you're excited to see in the last few weeks here before we head into the tournaments yeah well tonight's tonight's matchup uh the, the uh, cheshire amity game is, is a big game um uh-huh. for, for for the rams especially they that that's just such a difficult conference and uh i their the cheshire baseball team just won uh, their first Tuesday title since '96, uh, so I, I'm sure you know the, the the Lady Rams would like to try to match them. Um, but it's the, the the big the big matchup I, I enjoyed earlier this year was uh, Southington and Maloney. Um, Southington beat them two nothing. It was a, it was a great matchup. It had a great postseason feel to it. Mm-hmm. And every every game is going to be one nothing usually. Yeah. Uh, so that that's that was one one great game with a lot of great players. Um, that's for sure that that I, I enjoyed this year. All right. Well, certainly, uh, you, like you said, you've had a chance to uh, to see some really exciting players this year, and uh, certainly players that and teams that the the fans across the state are going to look forward to uh, to seeing in the postseason. So, Sean, we. Uh, we thank you very much for uh, for joining us for the first time on the CIAC cast and uh, keep up the good work covering uh, all softball and uh, and all the sports there in the uh, in the area and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again. Thanks very much. Thanks, Roger. Thanks to Sean for being with us for the first time. Acquitted himself very well as a first-time CIC cast guest. We uh, we always love getting people on for the first time, expanding our roster of uh, of podcast guests. And now we uh, will do so yet again as we turn our attention from softball to 
boys lacrosse. The always competitive boys lacrosse season is winding down. Wanted to get a perspective on that, particularly of some of the squads down in the Fairfield County region. To do that, we reach out to Mike Sportini of laxworm.com. Joined on the phone now by Mike Sportini of laxworm.com. Uh, his website is a, a great place for information about Connecticut High School lacrosse, uh, along with the professional lacrosse ranks as well. So, Mike, thanks for being with us. A, a first-time podcast guest. Excited to have you. My pleasure, Joel. Um, first of all, before we get into the uh, the questions about the lacrosse season, I know you've uh, you've been uh, sort of got a pet project started that uh, that you're working on that I wanted to give you a chance to talk about a little bit. Uh, something unfortunately the CIAC wasn't able to help with too much because we don't really handle uh, the record books, so to speak. But I know you've been trying to sort of uh, get off the ground a, a Connecticut high school lacrosse re- record book. So talk a little bit about that and maybe what people can do to help you out with that. Yeah, Joel, I appreciate you bringing that up. You know, it was funny. It happened the other night when we went, uh, when um, there was that great game in New Fairfield with Simsbury playing mm-hmm. in Fairfield. They went into six overtimes. Right. And I was getting tweeted all day, saying all, all that night, saying, "Hey, you know, what's the record?" And I said, "Boy, I don't, I have no idea." <laughs> and uh, I was looking around. And I said, "Well, maybe there's a record book," and and there was nothing. So I said, "You know, someone had finally said no, New Canaan, Darianne back in the championship seventy, you know, seven overtimes." So, right. And I think it was Coach Martaccio, actually, from Simsbury that said that. So it was interesting because I said, boy, there's just no record. And, and even more so, forget the records for a second, but there's no real history of the Connecticut high school across world. Yeah. Um, so I, I put a, a tweet out there, and, and what I'm trying to get is each team, I know, keeps some stats and keeps some records. Uh, what I'm trying to do is if each of those teams can forward me whatever their records are, mm-hmm. uh, then I can start to compile this put it together in, a, in, in some semblance of order to, and, and try and make some records out of it. Right. But unfortunately, I think, you know, early years, 70s and such are probably going to be lost. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, Chip Murray, uh, who is uh, from New Canaan, actually sent me a bunch of stuff on, on, on New Canaan, a whole history, which was great. So I appreciate uh, him putting together a lot of information for me. So if I can get it, then then we can uh, start to put a record book together and, and establish a little bit more history. Well, sounds great, and certainly a, a worthy project, and, and one we'd like to uh, love to see uh, to take off there. So uh, let's dive in now to uh, to the boys lacrosse season. Obviously, we're a little over uh, two weeks away from the CIAC tournament beat pairings. Uh, being released. So I know you get out and see a lot of games and you cover this uh, very closely. As things look right now, who would you sort of look to as some of the favorites to come away with CIAC titles uh, once the tournaments get underway in a few weeks? Well, you know, the, the, the one team that pops into my head right away is Darien. They've been playing so well, and I saw them play Greenwich the other day. And and it's just, you know, Greenwich is a very, very good team, and mm-hmm. Darien was better. And, mm-hmm. and it's just the team that you really look to right now as being one of the favorites, certainly in, in the state tournament, and, and FCX as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other teams, though, that you can't overlook are, are Greenwich, Richfield, New Canaan. They're all strong teams. I think when you talk about the Class L, that Class L to me is the most competitive um, division there is right now. Yeah. You have probably four or five teams that can win potentially win that and I think it's going to be an exciting uh, you got Prep, Ridgefield, Greenwich and then you have New Milford who's been playing well at the end of the season, Glastonbury, Simsbury of course um, so there's a lot of teams in that L division that I think are going to make for a good tournament Yeah. in the M side of things certainly Darien and, and New Canaan come to mind they, they seem to be there, they seem to be perennial you know, 
adversaries at the end of the year there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you got some upstarts like a North Haven who is having the best season they've had. Yeah. Um, you know, and Guilford, Barlow certainly are in there. So I think there's some teams out there right now that are that are playing well at the end of the year, which is what you need to do. Uh, you can play great up in front of the in front half of the year, but it really comes down to how well is the team playing when it comes into the tournament. Um, the S the, the S class, I have to say, I'm, uh, is probably in my mind the one class that that is is in my opinion more the weaker class this year. I think you're going to see St. Joe's, who is um, you know a team from the FCAC, come in there and do real well. Somer right. certainly is having a great season. So is Lewis Mills. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you look down there, I mean, my favorite in that, and I've said it from probably the beginning of the year, has been St. Joe's. I just think they've got a strong team. They play in a really tough league in the FCAC, and they're going to come into that S division with a lot of experience. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a tough, uh, a tough regular season road for them, uh, battling through some of those uh, larger FCAC teams. But uh, mm-hmm. they seem to be uh, a team that you'd like when once the the tournament gets started. Um, I know you've mentioned and, and you hit on a few of these teams, so we'll, but we'll uh, we'll kind of double up maybe a little bit. Obviously, Fairfield County and the FCAC programs, along with Fairfield Prep and a few others, you know, get a lot of attention in the in the lacrosse world. What are you know maybe some teams from outside that area that are particularly intriguing to you as we as we head towards the end of the season? Yeah, you know, I mentioned North Haven. They, they you know certainly is in my opinion one of the surprises of the year. Uh, I think they've really, you know, Coach Bailey's done a great job up there, and they've got some players in, in uh, you know, Chris Broadbent and, and Pecora, and I can never pronounce Colin's name. Uh, <laughs> Yucky, I think it is. Uh, but they've got some great guys that are playing, really talented players that probably can play in most teams. Um, but I think they're, you know, North Haven is just one of those teams that it, it surprised me. It's certainly coming along, and I think they're going to be a team that is going to cause some damage in that M division. Um, certainly, you got to talk about Simsbury, Coach Martaccio, undefeated so far this year. Uh, I spoke to him the other day, and, and he's just he's as surprised as anyone is <laughs> being undefeated. But I but I but I think he's being a little humble. I mean, he does a great job with those guys. Simsbury's always had a good program, um, and that Central Connecticut Conference there, you know, they've got Glastonbury and Southington, so they they get some challenges. Yeah. But the thing I like about what he's doing is he's making every every effort to get down into that Fairfield County area and playing some of those higher level teams or at least what people think are higher-level teams, to give his kids that experience going into the States. Absolutely. Um, if you look at, you know, you look at Somers, you certainly can't overlook them. They've been around for a while. They're always a good program. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having a great season. Granby is another one that I think is a surprise one to me, too. I, I, I didn't think they would do as well as they've been doing this year. So there are some teams out there. And then if I go to ones that may not win states, but I got to turn around and give them give them some some credit. It's sure. Foreign, you know, Coach Atkins at Foreign has done a great job with that program. Second year out, and here he is. He's going to make states, and he's going to be in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, how far he goes, I don't know, but I think to get a program in two years into the state tournament is just a, a feat unto itself. Absolutely. Um, so I think those those are the teams that are probably the ones that you have to look at out there. Um, I think in the States, it's always tough when you're playing the FCAC teams. I think there's a different level there, um, largely due to the time these teams have, teams have played. I just have years of experience behind them and, and good youth programs and everything that's fed them. So I think they just have a, a leg up on most of the other states. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I know you mentioned uh, the the game that uh, probably stands out to a lot of people um, and the one that got your uh, your record book uh, endeavor underway, uh, the Simsbury New Fairfield uh, six overtime contest. Contest, but uh, what have been, you know, I know you have been out on the road and, and talking to people, uh, checking out some of the action, but what are some of the best games that you've seen this year and, and maybe a few, uh, you know, regular season games that you're still looking forward to with,
with, with just a few weeks left in the season. Sure. You know, one of the games that stands out in my mind was Greenwich Fairfield Prep. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a game that Prep kind of got up on Greenwich a little bit, and Greenwich battled back. And they end, Greenwich ended up losing by a goal, but it was a great hard-fought game on both ends. And, and you saw coaches have to coach. It wasn't, you know, some of these games the coaches send their players on the players' play. Yeah. These guys had a coach, and they were trying to outwit each other, and it was a, just a really, from a lacrosse fan standpoint, probably one of the better games. It was almost a little bit of a chess match between coaches. You had some great players on the field. Um, so that was certainly, a, 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 you know, a fun game. Uh, one of the other games that I enjoyed going to, and it, it was a lopsided game, it was Bacon Academy in Rocky Hill. But the uh-huh. thing that I really enjoyed about that game was seeing the sport grow yeah. and seeing a lot of young players out on that field enjoying it. And and I know it was lopsided. I think Bacon Academy won 22 to 6 or 8 or something like that. But but what was great to see is is just the sport starting to grow in some of the areas, unlike Fairfield County. Uh-huh. Kids are getting out there and playing, and there's some good athletes out there in a couple of years. You know, everyone talks about parity this year, but I think in a couple of years, the state's really going to have an interesting uh, tier two level programs out there that can be that can play anyone. Yeah, no, and it uh, it has to start somewhere. You don't uh, you don't necessarily start at that level, but uh, once those right. programs uh, get underway, then you can hopefully uh, see them grow and continue to grow. Um, just kind of big picture stuff. What are you know, I'll sort of uh, combine two things here. What are some of the you know kind of bigger stories maybe that you've been tracking as as the regular season winds down, and and maybe a few uh, just sort of standout players that you really uh, you know try to make a point to uh, to see or, or think fans should make a point to see. Uh, as the regular season ends and we head into the postseason? Yeah, I think some of the storylines that, you know, certainly you have, you know, some of these younger teams that are going to have an opportunity to go deep into the, the playoff scene. Uh, I'll use North Haven as an example. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're a team that can, can get into the M division and make room and, and really maybe even get, you know, kind of push themselves. I have them slated into my semifinals. So. Yeah. They they certainly can uh, shake some people up and and kind of give a different view of what North Haven Lacrosse is all about. Um, so I think I've been following that and I continue to follow it. In fact, there's a game today, you know, Wednesday, um, prep playing North Haven. So it'll be an interesting game to see how North Haven fares against one of the top tier teams in the sure. state. Um, so that's an interesting storyline. You know, you have obviously Darien and Simsbury both undefeated right now. Can they finish out that undefeated season? There hasn't been many of them. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if, if Simsbury can run the table in that L division and finish out an undefeated season, or if Darien could do it in the end. Um, I, I'm looking forward to, in all candor, the FCAC tournament. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is one of those years that you have Darien, Greenwich, North, uh, New Canaan, and Ridgefield, and any one of those teams, I believe, can win that FCAC championship. Sure. Uh, which is which is interesting, and and I think that Darien probably has the favorite on them. But I'll tell you, I've seen I've seen some of the other three teams play, and it's going to be an interesting tournament. Yeah. Um, some of the players that I that I love that I really enjoy is, <clears throat> you know, I, I talked about Bacon Academy earlier, and they have a guy by the name of Patrick Egan. He's got 59 goals or so on the season. Um, and here's a guy that's upstate that when I say, you know, Bacon Academy probably doesn't get as much notice for their lacrosse. They, they're a good team in the upstate, the northern area, but but they're not necessarily, you wouldn't place them in the Fairfield County League. But I think this kid Patrick Egan can play down yeah. the, and on any team. And that's exciting. You know, you see that. And that, to me, is the difference between the newer programs and these older programs, is that the newer programs have great athletes, but they're not deep. The, the older programs like the Darien's, the Canes, Greenwich's, Preps, they're deep in every position, so it's mm-hmm. tough to battle them. Um, I mentioned Chris Broadbent. 
Yeki and Pecora up in North Haven. They've had tremendous seasons all themselves. Um, there's a goalie, Phil Hufford at Darien, who is going to Yale, and he's just a terrific goalie. Kyle Foote, obviously, in Greenwich going to Yale. He's a, he's a kid that is uh, a pretty good player. Well. Um, but you have other guys that, you know, the interesting thing about Connecticut lacrosse is those guys are all going to those heavy D1 schools. But mm-hmm. then you have, team, you have guys like a, a, a Josh Kreitler at Shelton, for example, who's going to go to Pace. Um, and it's you know, you're starting to see some of these other younger programs starting to graduate some of these kids into pretty good lacrosse programs. Right. They might not be at that D1 level yet, but they're they're certainly at the level where it's quality lacrosse and quality coaching. So, you know, it's pretty exciting to watch these guys grow up and and, and starting to see the the other teams start to put some people into the the post the the uh, college level. Yeah, and it, uh, and as you said, it it should make hopefully for a, a very exciting uh, CIAC championship tournaments once we uh, once we get the pairings released, and that will be as I said, just a couple weeks away. So we will uh, be keeping an eye on it, as I know you will as well, Mike. Uh, we really appreciate you uh, coming on with us, fans. You can check out uh, laxworm.com is uh, his uh, his blog where he's got uh, weekly rankings along with uh, his weekly radio show where he chats with some of the uh, some of the the coaches across the state and gets a lot of. Perspective on uh, the lacrosse scene, so that's a uh, a must check out for lacrosse fans in the in the state of Connecticut. So we appreciate all your coverage, Mike, and uh, hope we will uh, talk to you again soon. Uh, maybe once we uh, once the playoffs are underway, we can kind of get your perspective on where things are going. Joel, I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. That was another first time guest who uh, impressed with his first appearance on the CIC cast. Thanks to Mike for being with us and talking a little lacrosse, which he clearly is uh, is covering very intently and keeping intent tabs on here as we head into the stretch of the 2014 season, championship season, moving up on us very, very rapidly. Also moving up on us rapidly, the conclusion of this week's CIC cast. We are done for this week. Uh, we'd like to thank Nick Green for being with us. You can check out his work at the Hartford Current or at the hartfordcurrent.com uh, or follow him on Twitter at Nick. H. Green, and Green has an E at the end of it. Also, thanks to Sean Krofsick. You can check out his work at the Meriden Record Journal or uh, at therecordjournal.com. MyRecordJournal.com, I believe, is the website there. And, of course, Mike Sportini of Laxworm.com, also Laxworm Radio. You can check out his weekly radio show along with following him on Twitter at Laxworm, L-A-X-W-O-R-M. And, of course, you can also follow us on Twitter at CIAC Sports, where it's where you'll get all of the new information, latest information from CIACsports.com. Be sure to check us out as we head into the postseason. Lots of good information will be available on Twitter, CIACsports.com. Go to Tournament Central, where you can find all of the relevant tournament information as well as signing up for text or email updates, which I always say is the best way to get up-to-date tournament information. So look for that on the Tournament Central page. Uh, we may try to get back to a weekly schedule here for the CIAC cast as we head down the stretch run. We'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, but be sure if you subscribe to, to the podcast on iTunes, you won't have to worry about wondering when we're going to come because it'll just come to you. So we uh, hope you'll do that. Otherwise, you can find us on the CIAC Sports homepage. Uh, there's a link for CIAC Cast. We'll also post all of the new additions there and tweet out the links as well. So lots of good ways to keep track of what's going on. We thank you very much for being with us as we head into the stretch run of the spring sports season. Really excited about what's going to be going on here. We hope that the weather cooperates and we hope 
hope that you will join us again. I'm Joel Cookson. Thanks very much for being with us. Hope to see you again here on another edition of the CIAC Cast.